for listening to this week's episode of Trusted TED Talks podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Sanders, and I'm a senior software consultant at Maxwell Fund and a co-host at Trusted Tech Talks. This week, I'm joined by Hasfred Tukalosip, a senior software developer at Top Cashback, to discuss does having a degree make a better software developer? So, yeah, first of all, afternoon, Hasfred. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Thanks, Abigail. How are you doing? Yes, yes, I'm very good. Thank good. you as well. All good, all good. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show this week. I was keen to get this podcast set up as I know we popped that poll out last week around does having a degree make a better software developer in the market? And we did have quite a bit of response um, to that. So yeah, I was keen to get a call set up and talk about your background and so on. But um, yeah, from your side, could you talk us through your, your background? How, how did you get into software development? Yeah, sure. So I've got a bit of a, almost like a hybrid, you know, of the degree slash self-taught kind of thing. So I, I, I did a computer science at uh, Manchester Met, um, but I didn't actually enjoy it in a weird way. Like I went for the degree and I'm not sure if it was, you know, I don't know, lack of maturity or whatever on my part, but I just couldn't really get into it. So uh, after graduation, the last thing on my mind was going into development, you know, and actually like, you know, uh, doing it professionally just because of how little I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So the first job I actually got was um, for an insurance company working on documents. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I ended up, I think I was there for about three and a half years. Um, And over those, those three and a half years, I'd sort of gone from just, you know, messing with like word documents to um, actually programming like the core programs and, you know, stuff around the, the word documents there. So I got like a bit of exposure, you know, over the, over the three years, three and a half years, uh, so, so almost like more every year. And the more I was doing, the more I sort of enjoyed it. Um, and it was around, well, at the end of that, obviously, I, I, I realized like I actually, I think I want to do it now, you know. So that, that time away from it after uni definitely got like the passion kind of thing going again. Um, so at the age of about 24, 25, I went back and I started um, applying to like, well, graduate roles. Um, so I ended up getting my, my first job there. Um, and because of the gap, obviously the three and a half years and the sort of coding I was doing in my first job, none of it was relevant to, to my first sort of full stack role. So a lot of the first few months of that job were like learning stuff on the job, you know, in my own time, putting a lot of, a lot of work in, trying to get stuff down. Because um, obviously, as, as developers know, like in a full stack role, you've got so much so many different things to sort of worry about and learn. So, so yeah, I've got like, I've, I've, I've got the degree, but I almost feel like I'm more on the self-taught side of things because of that time away and stuff. Um, and I feel like personally for me, having that time away was like massive because if I would have gone into it straight after uni, not enjoying it, I would have been doing it just because kind of thing. And I feel like development, if you're doing it and you're not, you're not sort of fully into it and you're not invested, I feel like, you'll struggle to sort of push on, you know, and learn more. So for me, that time away gave me that sort of perspective and that chance to, to realize I want to do it. So when I actually came around to start my sort of development career, I knew it was what I, what I wanted. So when I was doing it, I was putting all the effort in, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. Uh, I was going to say and ask, yeah, if, if you could have gone back, would have you done it differently? Yeah, personally for me, I wouldn't. Um, I feel like with development, because it's so it can be so complex and there's so much to learn early in your career. If you're not 
invest and you don't want to do it, I feel like you may struggle. I feel like um, in sort of the whole software uh, industry, I don't feel that, I don't think there's such a thing as treading water and sort of you know maintaining a level. I feel like you're either growing and learning things and moving forward, or you're sort of being left behind and you know you're getting you're getting sort of held back just because of how quickly everything moves. You know how much how many moving parts there are. So yeah, for me, I think it was definitely the the right way to do it. And I think if it happened a different way. I don't think I'd be the same developer I am, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, no, that makes yes complete sense. I know coming straight out of university and so on, sometimes it can be very hard to determine what you want in a career and so on. So, yeah, yeah having that time of realisation as well, yeah, I can imagine you putting that 100% in after mm. that as, yeah. as well. But um, following from that then, what, what routes into software development do you think are the best out there? Uh, I, feel like, I feel like this is one of the important questions, you know, for this like overarching topic that we're on, um, because my answer honestly is like, I don't think there is an answer. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, like that, that my, my sort of case worked for me, but people are different, right? Some people, some people prefer the uni route and enjoyed it a lot, right? And then went straight into development from there. So obviously for them, that's, that's perfect. Other people, I think, um, would work better with like the apprentice route where um you know they get exposure straight away to the professional life they've got feedback from like current professionals who you know we've been doing it for a few years maybe um and you know they've got mentoring you know they've got that work life um but and then on top of that the self-taught i feel like is is a, a completely different branch and some people do better with that right because they can do it on their own time you know there's no external pressure no external deadlines um so yeah, when so for all that considered, I don't think any route is best, right? I feel like the best thing about development is how different everyone is, right? You can have a team full of people from all backgrounds, different experiences, who will look at the same problem and solve it in different ways, right? So yeah, I feel like there is no best or right answer. I feel like every person's different and different people will get different positives and negatives out of different things. I, I know people who... Um, who would struggle with the self-taught aspect of it because they, they, they sort of work better under pressure, you know, and having external guidelines, having uh, sort of tasks and stuff set for you, you know? So yeah, yeah. I feel like there isn't an answer. Um, I've worked with quite a few excellent developers over the years. Um, and they, they come from, again, all different backgrounds, you know, so we've got uni ones, self-taught uh, apprentices. Um, and there wasn't really anything around that that made them who they are but what I noticed was the things they were better at and strongest at um were like their soft skills you know um and how good they were talking to other people obviously they were really good technically as well but you know I don't think any of that came from uni or how they started I feel like you get that as you move through your career Okay, and with that following from the, the soft skills, what, what would you consider the most important skills are that make a good developer? So, yeah, obviously I mentioned, uh, like, we all know, obviously, the technical skills, like, it's what you get paid for, right? At the end of the day, you've got to be able to, to write code and, you know, do, do every part of your job on that, on that level. But, um, again, mentioning, like, some of the greatest developers I've worked with before, um, yeah, it was those soft skills around, like, um, communication and teamwork you know um, being able to um, sort of relay information to maybe people who aren't as technical you know being able to take a step back from where you are and look at it from someone else's point of view 
Um, some of the other big ones are uh, stuff like talking to people who maybe aren't as senior or aren't as experienced. But we, every developer like listening will know that you've had a junior or someone come to you with an idea that you didn't think of before, right? So I think everyone at every level has value in their ideas. Um, and I think in the past, I've worked with a few, a few developers who've maybe had like egos and stuff who haven't been able to listen to other people, you know, and who preferred a good idea is their idea, you know? So um, yeah, I just think, I feel like the personality and the personable side of development is underrated. I feel like a, a good developer, senior, mid or whatever level is, is a good developer because they can also help the team, you know, the team, at the end of the day, right, we work in teams, we work for sprint goals or to release features. Um, the team goal is more important than any individual developer, right? So, yeah, um, it sounds like a really, like, it sounds like it's been simplified, but, yeah, I feel like the technical skills most people, are, everyone has, right, otherwise you wouldn't be in a job. Mm-hmm. But the soft skills, I feel like, are rarer among developers. And it's just a, a common theme I realised, uh, I sort of noticed over my career is, the developers who I respected the most who affected my career the most were the ones who had those soft skills, right? Communication and uh, everything I mentioned there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay, and with that then, from, from your perspective, do you think from a degree side of things, will that continue being a deciding factor in, in the years to come? Personally, I, I don't think so. Um, so I've been developing for around six years now. Um, and I've noticed it um, a little bit in that time of how it's sort of changed and gone down, you know, with, with less roles requiring degrees. And I think that's going to continue um, over the next few years, partly because of, you know, some of the things I've talked about here where I don't think it matters, you know, it doesn't make, make a good developer. But on the other side of it, I think there's a lot to be said about um, why companies do it, right? Um, and I think personally, it's, it's a bit of a shortcut, you know, um, because you know, if a developer's gone to uni, you can sort of almost guess or estimate what they have been taught, what they've gone through. Whereas if you're going through backgrounds that are less uh, common, like self-taught, it's up to that developer, right? So it, I, th- I personally look at it as a shortcut for companies because they can you know, cut out a portion of applicants straight away and then just focus on what they've got. Because you'll know yourself, like in, in the market currently, um, companies have got a lot to fight fight over haven't they so you've got developers they've got like timelines right you don't want to have a three-stage interview because of that uh, another company might have a one-stage interview and you lose a good candidate right so i feel like companies got pressure because of timelines because of um tech tests i think is another another big problem mm-hmm. um and yeah i feel like so with, with tests for example um companies i don't get around I'm not, I'm not blaming companies because they do have it hard because if you think about it they've got what one one two three hours if they're lucky to sort of decide if a developer is who they want to hire and the question for them is how do you do that right because you've got to obviously know that they've got the skills for it and i think tech tests i don't know if anyone's got it right uh i've, I've had i don't know maybe 20 25 interviews in my career and everyone seems to do it a little bit differently mm-hmm. and, I, and i feel like that tells you a lot about about tech tests um because so you've got obviously the route where you give devs a, a tech test to work on before the interview but you know that can take a lot of time so yeah i personally think going back to the question sorry i personally think that the degree will will sort of be phased out almost um as companies sort of 
I don't know, maybe realize almost, you know, realize that it doesn't actually matter. Um, and maybe, maybe if the market or, or well, yeah, if the market eases, you know, because it's very developer sort of um, friendly market at the minute, right? Uh, the, the salaries are going through the roof, you know, companies are, the demand isn't really meeting the supply. So I feel like over time, if that evens out, companies will have more time to sort of interview and talk to people. I feel like the degree thing will will sort of peter out. Yeah. Yes, yes, in, in the years to come, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think it's still it's still a few years away, yeah. With that from your side then, who, who would you say would be more hireable if you were a, a hiring manager, for example, someone with two or three years industry experience with no degree okay. or someone with a degree and an internship? Okay. Um, so for me, I think I always um, lean towards experience. I think obviously we've talked, we've spoken about apprentice, apprenticeships, degrees, and um, self-taught as like an entry point. Uh, as I said, I think I feel like all three are valid. However, I would say for any entry route or entry point into the industry, the work experience is where you gain the majority of your skill set. You know, um, you can come in obviously knowing I don't know .NET, whatever frameworks. You know, you can technically be a solid developer, but if you've not worked in a professional environment, there's a lot more, you know, to consider, um, you know, there's different companies have different procedures and like bits of other software, you know, they use to sort of support development, you know, so stuff like, I don't know, Jira or Trello, you know, you've got Git, you've got pipelines to worry about. Um, but then on top of that, you've also got the processes, you know, um, stuff like code reviews. I remember um, joining my first company that did code reviews and finding it a very like weird thing, right? Cause you've got people who are literally telling you, it's wrong or it's not good enough right so um and I I don't feel like these are things you get at uni or you know at any of those other places so and that's why I always lean towards work experience um because day in day out you're dealing with people right you've got deadlines to to worry about um like I said procedures and processes to follow um but then on top of that with it being a workplace you also have um stuff popping out of nowhere right like at uni you've got I don't know, an assignment, whatever, right? And they're all set for other year. But at work, you might be working on something for three or four days. And on the fifth day, something out of nowhere pops up, right? Whether it's a bug or an error or, you know, uh, you've got that unpredictability about it, which I don't think anything other than work experience prepares you for it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I would always go with experience. Um, I'd even, even below like two or three years, I'd go one year experience I think I'd take over someone who's got no experience regardless of how they started yeah okay yes with that note it's really really interesting to to get your insight as well and within that area I know especially in the market how it is at the moment there's so Mm. many different routes of getting into um, software development whether that is through like codes and boot camps or um, just doing personal projects on github Mm. and and so on but no it's really really good to get your insights so yeah thank you so much for your time Hasret really really appreciate it Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Trusted TED Talk podcast with me, Abigail Sanders and Hasred Tupilovic at Top Cashback. If you enjoyed listening to this discussion, make sure that you follow our Trusted TED Talks on LinkedIn and Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel to make sure that you never miss another episode again. Additionally, if you have any further ideas for future episodes or have a follow-up question on this topic, 
feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn or email.